Every year I know we gonna go hard We been that team ever since Bart Starr All my cheese heads go pack go Ain't show with no mercy cutting no slack no I ain't the best sport and I'll even wish you good luck Only thing I will Good evening, welcome into Lombardi's Legends Podcast Playoff Edition I am Wags, joining me as always is Dane And uh, Dane, we are Live here tonight, as always, on our Facebook, X, Twitter, and Instagram feeds. Um, so, and as well as YouTube. So thanks to everyone that's joining us already here this evening. I uh, hope everyone's doing really well. Excited for the game. Packers headed to Dallas to take on the Cowboys in the number two seed, uh, this Sunday. So couldn't be any better than this. We've got bonus football. So how are you feeling here tonight, Dane? Wags, I'm feeling awesome, and I'm excited to be here chatting with you, uh, buddy, as always. Uh, but but I'll tell you what, man. Wow, playoff football. A lot of teams hope for playoff football once in a while. And for the Packers to actually get back so quickly with Jordan Love and this, this young offense, it's just tremendous. We do not take this lightly. We do not take... Um, you know, we, we, we don't pretend like this happens all the time. This is an awesome, awesome experience right now, folks. Playoff football, Packers going down, uh, to Dallas. It's going to be an incredible, incredible experience. So I'm feeling awesome tonight. Wags, I'm looking forward to talking injury report. I'm looking forward to talking matchups and I'm looking forward to give score predictions tonight. So folks, as you are tuning in live here, uh, on a, on a Thursday evening, drop your score predictions in the chat. We'll be reading it out at the end of the podcast. Drop your line. We're reading comments throughout as well. Um, but dude, I'm feeling good. And right away with this injury report, I want to hear how you're feeling about the injury report lags because I've got some optimism here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, before we do that, Dan, can you, uh, maybe just check your connection a little bit? You were cut- cutting in and out. I don't know if that was just on my side. Um, but yeah, let's just set the stage, uh, the stage a little bit. Um, for those of us that are Danes and I's age or older, we're old enough to remember the Cowboys absolutely dominating this matchup, especially in the nineties. Cowboys, uh, were, you know, arguably the team of the nineties and the Packers were ascending and they had some great years, obviously starting, uh, around 93 and, uh, but, it was all Cowboys in the first half of the nineties, especially, but I believe they were nine and one against the Packers throughout that decade. Um, and certainly the Packers did not have to, uh, play the Cowboys. I like to say the Cowboys avoided the Packers in 96 and, and let Carolina come to Lambeau instead. But you know what? That's just part of ancient history at this point because it's 2024 right now. That being said, last decade or so, it's been a, a different story. Packers are uh, nine and one against the Packers in the last 10 meetings, including several wins in the playoffs. Um, uh, in, in most famously, uh, 2014, uh, in Lambeau, uh, it was, uh, the Des Bryant not catch. And uh, I think Cowboys fans and Des, for that matter, are still talking about that and haven't gotten over it. Sorry, guys, it wasn't a catch. What can we say? Um, and uh, then in 2016, uh, infamously, the Cowboys uh, go down and, and score late in that ball game, but left a little bit too much time on the clock for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense. March down the field, get into field goal range. Mason Crosby, all nails. Uh, hits it as time is expired for another Packer win in the playoffs. And that was, I believe, that 
That was, I believe, Dak Prescott's first playoff game as a quarterback as well. So um, a lot has changed. It's hard to believe, Dane, that that was eight years ago. Uh, but here we are, certainly two much different teams. Now Mike McCarthy is manning the sideline for the Cowboys and uh, certainly uh, no Aaron Rodgers uh, for, for the uh, Packers. So uh, a lot of changes in terms of the matchup, but certainly uh, we've had some dynamic uh, guys and performances over the years, including several Packers that are on the current roster. So I'm looking forward to diving into that. But yeah, Dane, I'm going to turn it over to you now. What what are the standout things that you want to talk about as far as the injury report is concerned? Yeah, well, Wags, that's a great way to set the stage. So thank you for doing that. And man, I'll tell you what, um, I think the biggest news is what happened today. Jair Alexander um, rolled his ankle during kind of like a, a, a walkthrough. It sounds like it was a freak accident. They're saying he's day-to-day. We don't know any more than what's been communicated. Wags, I'm going to assume that all is well, and this is precautionary, unless told otherwise. Uh, Joe Barry did not sound particularly um, worried uh, when, when he gave his uh, interview today. Uh, but outside of that, Wags, I think the big thing is is almost everybody practiced. Um, almost everybody practiced yesterday. Almost everybody went today. Um, with the exception of, um, AJ Dillon did not practice again. Um, he has the thumb, but really what I think this is, is the neck. He had that stinger, um, that, that caused a bit of an issue. Elton Jenkins, veteran rest as far as I'm concerned. You've noted over the last number of weeks, Elton has not gone, uh, in some of these practices. Um, so not really a huge surprise that he was unable to go. Um, but outside of that, Wags, I think that's it, right? Am I missing anybody? I mean, it, this has been a laundry list injury list all year long. And while the list is still long, almost everybody else was limited participants. So um, really, really promising that I think that a lot of the team is getting healthy at a really, really important time, particularly somebody like an Isaiah McDuffie, who, you know, we were nervous about with the neck injury. Now it looks like Isaiah is um, at least a limited participant this week and trending at least the right direction to play on Sunday night or Sunday afternoon, I should say. Yeah, I think if there's one thing that we've learned, though, especially over the last six to eight weeks, is that limited participation doesn't really mean a lot when it comes to availability on Sunday. I think the the two guys I'm going to be watching the closest, Dane, uh, is wide receivers Christian Watson uh, as well as, um, <clears throat> uh, is, forgive me, um, Romeo Dobbs. So Dobbs says he feels fine. He feels normal. So, you know, when it comes out of the player's mouth like that, you tend to, they, they tend not to obfuscate things quite as much as the coaching staff tries to. Uh, so I would say pretty optimistic for Romeo Dobbs after he was unable to come back in the game on Sunday, actually visited the hospital. Sounds like everything came back negative. Um, so maybe a little bit precautionary, but, uh, Romeo says he's feeling fine and he know he's normal. Uh, so I think that's one definitely to watch, especially his, uh, uh, participation tomorrow. And then Christian Watson last week, Dane, I had to tell you, uh, coach LaFleur, you know, he's not above gamemanship and it's not like he's coming right out and telling you exactly what the status of these guys are when it comes to injuries. But I, 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 unless I've missed and maybe I have. Last week was the first time I feel he has straight up misled uh the media in terms of a player's status. I'm talking about Christian Watson when he didn't practice on Friday. He said that was part of the plan. And then, I, you know, 
we all expected Christian Watson to be playing on Sunday. He's not a, a, on the, the active roster on Sunday. We're all trying to figure out what's going on. After mm-hmm. the game, LaFleur apologizes and said that was a little gamemanship on his part. Um, you know, so that's not something we've seen from Coach LaFleur before, where he's straight up misled everyone about a player's status. Uh, so it's hard to know what are we getting out of Coach LaFleur. Normally he's someone that he'll, he'll be, uh, you know, ambiguous and you can try to read between the lines as much as you can, uh, based on his history. But I, I found it really interesting that coach went a completely different direction. And now who knows what to expect with some of these guys when it comes to their status for Sunday. So I think we have to really keep an eye on their Friday uh, status. If they're not practicing Friday, I think that's mm-hmm. probably the biggest indication of, of what their availability is likely to be on Sunday. That's good. No, I, I think that's spot on. And it was funny. Even last week, they, they called up Grant DuBose, right? The, the, the rookie wide receiver off the practice squad. And I was like, okay, so Grant's getting his first look. And then Grant's inactive. I, so it was all sort everything across the board last week was kind of just up in the air. So that's a really good point. Well, and that may have had a lot to do with Dontavian Wicks since he was truly questionable going into the game. Perhaps they knew Christian Watson wasn't going to be able to go. And then it comes down to, can Wicks go on Sunday? He was able to, had a phenomenal game, obviously, as your X Factor. Uh, so kudos to, to both you and Dontavian for coming through on that one. More Dontavian than, than you, Dane. No offense, but, um, but we, we gotta, uh, really watch that closely because I think that's going to be, uh, something that could have an impact for sure. Um, Dane, on the, on the Dallas side, it's not nearly as long of a list of injuries, which is no surprise because that's just typical when it comes to a Packer versus opponent uh injury report. But I think, you know, there's not really anything seriously of note. Um They've got a couple of veteran guys that, that uh, were resting uh this week so far as well um in, in Zach Martin, Demarcus Lawrence, et cetera. So I, I don't think we're really seeing anything from the Dallas side that's going to be notable in terms of, of performance or readiness, except for Stephen Gilmore, uh, who is coming off of a shoulder injury. Uh, he was a DMP Wednesday, uh, was a limited participant Thursday. So uh, I think signs are cautiously optimistic if you're a Cowboy fan uh, of Gilmore's status, but he's really the only guy, when you look at their injury report, that is even probably a question mark at this point. No, I, I agree. Um, Wags, and, and, and forgive me if uh, you cut out a little in my earbud there, but I want to get into this game a little bit. I want to hear your thoughts on this, and I want to hear your thoughts on this Dallas Cowboy offense right away um, because this is a Cowboy offense that's been extremely successful this season. The Cowboys undefeated at home this year. Um, they've had some close ones. They had a debatable one against the Lions a few weeks ago, but uh, you know, the scoreboard don't lie. They won the game. Um, so now going into this week, Dak Prescott Wags has been phenomenal. He's been really good this year. He's been efficient this year. Cowboys, uh, CD Lamb, you know, you can go down the list. Um, but I want to hear from you, you know, based on what you see from this Dallas Cowboys team, you know, where do you see the weak points and, and, and let's just dive right into it. How can this Packers defense attack? a very, very consistently good Dallas Cowboy offense. Well, I, I think from the scouting re- report perspective, 
Dallas likes to throw the football. That's going to be their, their, their main, um, focus. Uh, they've got Tony Pollard as a thousand yard running back. Uh, I think this was his first season as kind of the bell cow and, and they haven't necessarily, um, been as effective with Tony Pollard as the primary runner as I think they were expecting to or hoping to be coming into this season. Uh, but certainly they're more than capable uh, uh, of running the football. And I think they're, there's, they're going to try to do that, but it starts with Dak Prescott and, and that passing offense. Uh, CD Lamb is just having a phenomenal season. You could argue he's had the best receiver of, of, of season of any wide receiver in the entire NFL. Um, with the way that he is performing this year. And Dane, when you start to look at some of the secondary weapons, um, you know, Jake Ferguson, you, you could argue is their, their, uh, second most, um, uh, used, used and utilized pass catcher as a tight end, uh, which is interesting. And, uh, then certainly you go down the line and, um, you've got a guy like Brandon Cooks, who's a veteran in this league and hasn't necessarily had his most productive season uh for as dynamic as this cowboy offense is but we know brandon cooks is a guy that can hurt you he's uh you know an excellent route runner underneath and um you have to be paying attention especially on some of those crossing routes that's what brandon cooks excels at um so it doesn't matter what the down and distance is you've got to be paying attention to where he's lined up and where he's going to try to attack you on the field as well so they've got guys that can really hurt you at multiple levels when it comes to these pass catchers. Uh, but Dane, I think to me, just to take a step back, when you talk about this Cowboys uh, team and the scouting report, they put up a ton of points and have a, a huge scoring differential, uh, but against a lot of, you know, poor football teams, yeah. pardon me. And, and not to take credit away from them because frankly, the Packers have, played down to their competition and lost to some some losing football teams this year. We've seen that. So you can't really take that for granted. Um, so clearly, Cowboys have the capability and are a very explosive offense. But what was interesting to me is um, if the Cowboys turn the ball over at all and don't, tur- don't turn the uh, opposition over, they're kind of about a 500 football team. And so when it comes to this Cowboys offense, I think what the best defense is, honestly, is ball control offense. Uh, and so can the Packers on the offensive side, and we'll talk more about the offensive game plan and keys in a minute, because uh, I don't want to get away from the Packers defense, but it's time of possession. Are the Packers able to slow the game down, limit the number of possessions that this Cowboys offense has, and then you know, if they can stay in the game or even, uh, heck, play with a little bit of a lead, do the Cowboys, when they're out of their comfort zone and out of the tempo that they like to play with, force the issue a little bit, and maybe that gives the Packers some opportunities to turn them over, uh, and that can kind of play right into their hands as well. So, uh, to me, Dane, I think that's, when I look at the scouting report, one of the biggest things that's important to me, um, is how can the cow, uh, how can the Packers limit the number of possessions that the Cowboys have. And so that means that the offense has to do their job uh, for the Packers uh, and have not some nice sustained drives and not give them extra opportunities by turning the ball over on, on, on their own regard. So if the Cowboys get a short field, get turnovers, get extra possessions, this is going to be a tough game. Uh, and that's asking a lot for this young Packers team to go in there and try to be successful. 
That's good stuff, Wags. It's really good stuff. And I'll tell you what, um, you know, I, I, I think that that's all completely accurate. And then I look at this, this, um, this Dallas Cowboy offense, the offensive line. I mean, I remember five years ago, everybody's talking about this offensive line, best offensive line in football. They're still talented. They're still good. I don't think they're quite as good as they were a couple of seasons ago, personally. Um, and I think that that's going to be a key matchup is up front. Um, can the Packers stop the run game? Tony Pollard, you mentioned it. He's not Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott was just running ragged for years and years down there in Dallas. Tony Pollard has been okay. Um, you know, but he hasn't been a world beater more, you know, more often than not. He's, he's a good running back. I don't know if he's a great running back. Hopefully these aren't famous last words for us, um, saying those types of things, but that's just the, the assessment that I have. Uh, but where I really think a, a, a huge portion of this is yes, the turnover battle, but also, um, 100% it's going to be the guys up front and, and trying to get, um, you know, Dak Prescott off his mark. Dak has been so good this year. He's been accurate. He's been able to um, keep the ball, like keep possession of the ball. As you mentioned, I think that he only has nine interceptions all season long. So Dak has been really, really good. Um, so, so can this Packers defensive line and can this Packers front seven, um, make Dak Prescott uncomfortable? And then I'm also going to circle CeeDee Lamb. Yes, he's been unbelievable. The question then becomes, how are the Packers going to defend C.D. Lamb? Um, and, and, and I don't think that, you know, I do think Jair's going to go, so that's number one. But I also don't think the Packers are going to have Ja just cover C.D. all over the field all game long. I don't think he's going to follow him. I think that, um, and what that means is C.D. Lamb has played about half the snaps inside the slot. So as important as it is to have Jair Alexander and, and Carrington Valentine and other guys play, it's a huge, huge game, I think, for somebody like a Kayshawn Nixon. Kayshawn Nixon at the slot is going to be facing um, likely CeeDee Lamb an awful lot on Sunday. CeeDee Lamb is not a guy you totally shut down in this league. Nobody's been able to do it this year. But can they minimize the big plays from CeeDee Lamb? Can they minimize uh, the impact that he can have on the game and make other guys on this Dallas offense beat the Packers? And I think that that's truly going to be the Packers' greatest uh, ability to win the football game is minimizing the impact of CeeDee Lamb and trying to take away the big play from Dak Prescott. Yeah, absolutely, Dan. I couldn't agree with that more. I think um, the only other guy to really pay attention to uh, from the pass catching core is, is Jalen Tolbert. Um, I, I know Michael Gallup is probably the name more casual Packer fans are going to recognize, but Gallup is, is really – kind of winding down his career is not really a big part of this pack uh cowboys offense excuse me anymore uh and so i think tolbert is is the other guy uh when you get outside of those those main three uh that can potentially hurt you in in some situations so uh definitely need to keep an eye on him as well but dane i I think that's so true uh you know it's at your risk or at your peril to try to overload or put too much uh, into trying to stop one guy in, in many ways, this cowboy offense reminds me a lot of the Packer offense the last couple of seasons, uh, with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, where you've got one just dynamic all world wide receiver that nobody can really stop. And so you're going to keep throwing them ball uh, because why wouldn't you? Um, but that said in the playoffs, it's just a little different. So I'm curious to see if the Packers defense this week is able to be, uh, the ones to turn up that pressure, turn up that heat a little bit. And I'll tell you what, if this defensive front 
can get after Dak the way that they have opposing quarterbacks the last couple of weeks, that's going to make a big impact on their ability to be able to have timing and rhythm in their passing game. And now all of a sudden they've got more longer down and distances. Now, <laughs> be prepared to pull your hair out because this Cowboy offense is still good enough to pick up a first down if they're in a second and 16. And we've seen that this uh, Packer defense, unfortunately, uh, at times isn't necessarily as sound as we'd like in those situations. But I'll take my chances all day uh, if we're forcing them into a few extra longer down and distance situations because uh, this front is able to dictate tempo and get some pressure uh, on Dak Prescott. I think we've seen in the games that we've gone against Dak in his career, that's a winning formula. Uh, he has done a phenomenal job this year growing as a quarterback, um, you know, and on paper, I understand he just had the best year of his career. Uh, but to me, Dane, he's still a guy that you can get out of his rhythm, get out of his comfort zone and, um, and, and forced to make some mistakes, especially in big moments. All the pressure is on the Cowboys, particularly on this Cowboys offense. So I think the, the Packers can come in loose they've got nothing to lose let's have that same aggressive mentality same aggressive game plan that they've had the last couple of weeks uh certainly this is cowboys offense that's much more uh dynamic than the vikings were uh with with their rotation of quarterbacks a couple weeks ago uh and uh what the bears were last week at lambo uh but um we don't need to hold them to nine or ten points um that's not i i think what we need to expect this week can we hold Dallas to 20, 24 points? Or can we get a key stop in the fourth quarter when we need it if it's a close ball game? I don't care, honestly, how many points we give up as long as it's the tempo and the pace of the game is such that the defense is having some successes and getting some stops in key situational moments and giving this Packer offense an opportunity to go in there uh, on the other side of the football and have some successes of their own. Uh, so uh, I think we need to recalibrate expectations of what a good defensive performance is this week. Um, and listen, I, that doesn't mean that I, I'm going to be comfortable if the defense is just getting shredded, you know, series after series. But um, that's not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is that situationally, uh, if we can get some pressure up front against Dak, I think over the course of a four-quarter game, uh, that's going to give this defense enough opportunities to get off the field and give this offense under Jordan Love a chance to go out there and win this football game. Spot on. Spot on, Wags. And and um, let, let's not forget uh, the Mike McCarthy component of this. We've watched Coach McCarthy for a million years, I feel like, as Packers fans, right? There's been some really good with Mac, and there's been some not-so-good stuff with Mac. Um, one thing that I've noticed with him over the years, and I think continues down in Dallas, is he's, um, you know, he'll he'll bail on the run at times, and sometimes they do get a little bit pass heavy. So going back to what you said about, you know, kind of that one one guy that is just so so good at CD Lamb. We have Devontae, they have CD Lamb down there. Um, Wags, let's make them one dimensional. That's that's such a key, I think, to this game is making them that one-dimensional offense. And it's it's a hell of a one-dimension down there in Dallas right now. So I'm not shortchanging that. 
Um, but, but I really do believe that we can do something there with that. Take away the run, make them try to key in on, on CD Lamb, make Dak uncomfortable. And, and, you know, stranger things have happened, Wags, than seeing a guy who's only thrown nine picks all season throw a couple in a playoff game, right? Playoffs are just a different piece. Um, so that's what I'm so excited about with this game is it's just, it's a different atmosphere. And that's why I'm so eager to watch this Packers offense and watch Jordan Love Wags because the playoffs are so different, right? And, and so valuable to be in a playoff week and a playoff atmosphere. And I want to see what Jordan on our end can do down there in Dallas. And I'm curious, I'm curious, you know, what you're seeing out of this Dallas defense because from everything I'm seeing, Wags, this is a dangerous Dallas defense. They've got some pass rushers. They've got some DBs that can ball out. Um, so what are you seeing out of Dallas? And, and, and let's, let's get into how this Packer offense can dismantle a very good Dallas defense. Yeah. Um, and unlike against teams that have dynamic offenses that we faced, uh, in other matchups this season, you know, thinking about, um, the Lions, uh, when we went there on Thanksgiving, thinking about the Chiefs the following week at home, uh, even, thinking about Justin Herbert and the Chargers before he got hurt and they came to Lambeau. Um, those are offenses and quarterbacks that you're thinking, you're just going to have to go out there and throw the football. And that's what we said, and that's what the Packers did in those games, and the Packers won the game. Now, I'm not making a different suggestion because that's been a winning formula, but what I will say is this Cowboys defense can be ran on. And the way that Aaron Jones has been running the football the last three weeks, I want to see a heavy, heavy do- dose of Aaron Jones this week. Um, I believe last year uh, against the Cowboys, Aaron Jones actually started the game with seven straight runs. Um, now, A.G. Dillon might have gotten a couple of those carries, so forgive me if I'm going back and, and don't have those facts 100% correct. But um, I know Jordan Love is playing phenomenal football. And I have every bit of faith in him. So I'm not saying that um, the game plan is to limit and, and not put the ball in Jordan Love's hands. But what I am saying is that the winning formula this week against this Cowboys team is to run the football, uh, have that defense have to play a lot of extra snaps, stay on the football field, get long possession, get first downs, get down the field, get points, touchdowns, field goals, however you can get them. Make this a low possession, um, high time of possession game for this Packers offense. And then in the third and fourth quarter, let's just let it rip and get aggressive. Uh, depending on what the score of the game is, um, you know, you've dictated tempo, you've dictated terms at that point. So, um, I, I think we've got a lot of ways to attack this Cowboys defense, but the key is, is we want to be able to make this a four quarter game, uh, make that defense have to work. Uh, to stop the run, first of all. And if, if, if they're not able to do that, let's stick with that and, um, a- avoid, uh, putting Jordan Love in situations where they're low leverage because this Cowboys defense just absolutely feasts on turnovers. And if they can get in situations where they can force turnovers, this is not going to be, uh, you know, a, a week that I think the, the Packers are going to be able to overcome a multiple turnover disparity and win a football game. I, I hate to say that, but, um, you know, I, stranger things have happened, but I think this is a week that we need to have a clean football game from the offense, um, limit turnovers. Uh, I, I do think, Dane, that 
uh, even though you can't predict turnovers on defense, I think our defense is way overdue for a couple of turnovers this week. Uh, so I'd love to get that from our defense. Uh, but to me, it starts with Aaron Jones and this Packers rushing attack. And uh, the way that he's running the football is just phenomenal. So let's lean into that, dictate terms, dictate tempo, and uh, then build off of that uh, when we spread the football around and give Jordan Love um, situations to throw that he can really be the most successful and, and not third and long situations where this Cowboys defense and that pass rush can just pin their ears back and, and really get after Jordan Love and force him into some uncomfortable situations. Wags, so we've been on the other side of this over the years, right? A, a team with a really good record, home game, wild card weekend, and and a hot team comes in to Lambeau and, and beats the Packers. So um, I, I, I'm setting the stage and I'm saying that because every team's beatable this time of year. The Cowboys are absolutely beatable. And, and are the Dallas Cowboys on paper a ridiculously talented team? Yeah, and they've done it all year. But I'll tell you what. I don't think anybody really cares to face this Green Bay Packers team right now in the NFC. Um, they're hot. This is a team that's hot. They're getting better as the season progresses, and they're dangerous. They've got a quarterback that's slinging the ball. He's coming off back-to-back Offensive Player of the Week uh, awards, and these young wide receivers are coming together at a key time. So, Wags, I love what you said about Aaron Jones. I think that that is absolutely spot on. And the Cowboys, when they've lost games this year, it's the running game that has really been the the, the um, catalyst, I think, to, to beat the Dallas Cowboys defense, setting the tone with the run. I'm going to circle one other guy, and no surprise to you. Um, and, and folks that are tuned in here, if you're new to us, um, nobody has been a bigger Jaden Reed fan than Andy, or than Wags here, Andrew Wagner, Wags, um, on this podcast. Uh, he has been the Jaden Reed guy since day one, the second he was drafted. And I'm going to circle Jaden Reed this week against this Dallas defense, because here's the deal. Um, every defense has a weakness, and just like everything, you need to be able to exploit weaknesses. I think Dallas, as you mentioned, they have a weakness running in the run game at times. The other big weakness that they have is at their slot corner. Their slot corner, um, they've got their own Jordan, who has not been nearly as talented as our Jordan. His name's Jordan Lewis, and he's given up a ton of yards to opposing team slot wide receivers. Just so happens that the best receiver or the most explosive receiver perhaps on this Packers offense, Jaden Reed, um, plays the slot at a significant clip. I think that that is an exploitable matchup all game long. I want to see the Packers pick on on the, the slot corner for Dallas because he's been exploitable all year. Um, yes, this is an aggressive defense, but Wags, circle the calendar. Jaden Reed can feast against this Dallas Cowboys defense. And, and uh, uh, you know, in a silo, running the ball well is great. Receiving out of the slot is great. But if the Packers can make a combo deal out of both of those, that's going to open up the entire field for this offense. Um, so that's really what I'm looking at this week um, is set the tone with the run if we can. But then huge opportunity, big picture, going into that third and fourth quarter. The Packers have been tremendous in the third quarter. Can they attack and, and stay aggressive going into that second half and can they take advantage of Jaden Reed? And then from there, Dontavian Wicks, hopefully, you know, Romeo Dobbs, um, Bo Mountain, Christian Watson, the tight ends, everybody across the board. But I think it really does start with Aaron Jones and Jaden Reed. Yeah. Um, Dana, it's going to be interesting to see 
who uh, we have as X-Factors, because it might be an all-or-nothing shot, the way that this Packer offense has been going against the Cowboys the last couple of matchups. Last year, of course, Christian Watson, three touchdowns in Packers' overtime win against the Cowboys. Uh, And in their previous matchup in 2019, Aaron Jones set a Packer team record with four touchdowns uh, in a 34-24 to win over the Cowboys. So it seems like if recent history is any indication, um, we might have just one guy that goes out there and owns the Cowboys and has their fans pulling their hair out. That would be a pretty sweet uh, situation. And so, um, you know, we'll see who we have as X-Factors uh, in a little bit here, Dane. But um, we, we may not have, a, it might be, might not exactly be a, a, a high percentage proposition unless unless we can hit right on target. So um, I, I, I'm curious, though, Dane, when you look at the matchup, we talk about the pass rush. But I want to highlight something we were talking about before the show. Um, left tackle Rasheed Walker has been playing some really good football in the second half of the season. I think that's a little bit underrated in terms of how this offense has started to sync up. Um, and certainly is what's interesting is, is his best football. He's gotten better and better, uh, at the point when they started a rotation with he and Josh Nyman. And I thought Josh Nyman was playing some pretty good football when they were doing that rotation, as strange as it was. Um, but Rashid Walker just kept getting better and better. And for all intents and purposes, he's kind of locked down that left side of the offensive line. And this offense has really benefited as a result of that. He's going against one of the most dynamic pass rushers in the league and Micah Parsons, former college teammates. They were both freshmen at Penn State in 2018, and they spent several years together uh, at Penn State. So I, I think, Dane, um, that it's safe to say that we're, we're aware that those guys know each other and repped each other quite a bit in practice in college. And so I'm really looking forward to that matchup. Um, who has the upper hand? They both probably know each other really well. I'm sure both of them have developed and evolved their games since they've been in college. But at the same time, uh, you know, who, who has the upper hand, the offensive or the defensive guy when you, when you know each other's strengths and weaknesses, probably as intimately as those two, two guys do as, as, as much as possible, given how much they probably battle each other in the practice uh, field back in college. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it, it's a really good, uh, observation wags and something I'd forgotten about was that they were teammates. Um, and, but you know what? I think that this is something that the, the, this is part of the game plan, right? Uh, it, cause Micah Parsons has been unbelievable for, for the, uh, the Cowboys this year. He's been just a game wrecker. He's a guy who can blow up plays left and right. Um, so it's a huge task for Rasheed Walker, but I'll tell you what, wags, um, you know, removing ourselves just a couple steps out, out of all this. I'm not looking at this as obstacles this week. This is opportunity. This is opportunity for all these guys to just show up. Um, you know, I, 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 I truly believe and not because, not to minimize this game because I fully, ex- I have an expectation this factors team can go to Dallas and win. Point blank. Um, but I do feel like this is a team that's playing a bit on house money right now. This is a team that's going to take chances. This is a team that's going to play fast. They're going to try to punch you in the mouth. And that's just what I think is going to happen this week. Um, so if, 
the Packers need to help out a little bit on Sheed's side at certain points against Micah Parsons. Who doesn't need a little bit of help against Micah Parsons? But I'll tell you what, that's the matchup that I want to watch all game long, is I want to watch Rasheed Walker against Micah Parsons. And if Sheed can hold up um, uh, even reasonably well, which I believe he can, um, that gives Jordan Love and this Packers offense such an opportunity, right, to win this game and to attack and strike downfield. Because, yes, this Cowboys de- defensive backs are, um, are ball hawks, but it doesn't matter if Jordan's got five seconds. Jordan's going to find the open guy against these DBs. So that's just a huge matchup. I'm so glad you brought that up because it is two familiar guys from going all the way back to the days of Penn State, now on one of the biggest stages in football, Dallas playoff game, you know, against the Packers. I mean, how great is this? Um, but huge, huge matchup that we're going to be circling. We're going to be watching the stream, of course. Yeah, and Dane, I think one other thing that I want to mention, similar to last week, how I, I really felt like um, like there was going to be some, some redemption, um, for uh, the Packers defense and, and, and really thinking about Quay Walker and how he got suspended in week 18 against the Lions last season. He came through, played a phenomenal game last week. Uh, and where I'm going with this, Aaron Jones has had some fumble issues in, in, in the playoffs in his career. And, Obviously, he's aware of that. Nobody needs to tell him that. Uh, he's the undisputed leader of this offense and, and really the team, in my opinion. And he's the tone setter, and I think he's in for a big redemption, not only to have a, a, a really good performance on Sunday, uh, but I think he's going to take care of football. I think he's going to stress that with all these young guys. For whatever reason, again, Playoffs are just different. Weird things happen that you haven't seen all season. Um, all of a sudden, wide receivers just start fumbling b- balls along the sideline. Running backs that don't fumble much start fumbling. Quarterbacks that don't throw interceptions start start uh, giving opportunities to the opposing defense. And it's not just the Packers. It's every team. You see it all over the playoffs. Um, so it's really about who can take advantage of those opportunities and who can limit the number of times that that's those unforced issues happen. Uh, and so I think Aaron Jones, both in game and leading up to the preparation is really going to be a key in the mental preparation and then the physical preparation for stressing uh, how important it is to secure the football and uh, not allow those turnovers to happen or to limit that from happening as much as possible. Um, and uh, we know that the Cowboys defense does thrive off of creating turnovers. So if the Packers are able to protect the football this week and play a clean game, they're going to have every opportunity to be right in this at the end of the game. There's no doubt about that. You're, you said it before, Dane, everyone's beatable. And I'll tell you what, the interesting thing is I mentioned the, the high point differential that the Cowboys have plus 194 this season. That's the interesting thing is. Is against winning teams, the Cowboys are four and four with a minus 10 point differential. Against playoff teams, they're three and four with a minus 16 point differential. So that's interesting, right? And the Packers are four and three against winning teams with a plus 15 point differential. So, you know, that's, that's just an interesting thing. That doesn't mean anything for what the outcome of this game is going to be. I totally understand that, but. I think it level sets a little bit when you look at that 
um, who the Cowboys are uh, against high quality football teams and who the Packers are uh, against winning football teams this year. And so I fully expect that the Packers are going to be giving the Cowboys their best shot on Sunday. And so can the Cowboys respond is what I asked. I, I mean, they're the favorite. They've got all the pressure on them. And frankly, uh, I, they have not exactly dominated uh, against the winning teams that they faced this season, where the Packers have raised their level of play against winning teams and outperformed expectations in those situations. So I'm very optimistic that this could be a, a similar situation this week. And Dane, I ask you, uh, does that lead us? And is that a perfect segue into talking uh, about our X factors and score predictions? Or is there anything else that you want to highlight yeah. for this Packers offense against the Cowboys defense? I couldn't agree with you more. And, and not only couldn't I agree with you more, this is the perfect segue. And I've been stealing I feel like your leap vodka X factors for the last couple of weeks, or at least living in, in in the neighborhood of stealing some of them. So I want you to go first, Wags, and I wanna I wanna give you the floor, offense or defense. You choose who is your leap vodka X factor this week. I really appreciate that, Dane. And just for the sake of mixing things up, I've been you know picking other guys on the Packer offense, but. This is the playoffs, man. It's a wild card re- weekend. Packers are in, and you highlighted where there could be a potential mismatch for this Packer offense against this Dallas defense, and that's in the slot. Jaden Reed has been my number one offensive X Factor pick all season, and so I'm going to go back to that well this week. Uh, he had another huge performance last week. I think he's getting a little healthier than he's been over the last few weeks of the season. And uh, I really uh, am very optimistic that he can do, go down there into Dallas, big play guy, uh, big moment guy, uh, similar to, to Jordan Love. Both of these guys are unflappable. They just go out there, play football, and uh, make big plays, seems like, week after week. And uh, so Jaden Reed is going to be my leap vodka X factor of the offensive side of football this week. And Dane... I hope I didn't steal your guy, and I don't think I did, just based on, on the look on your face. I think that was exactly who you thought I would pick, so I turn it over to you. Who do you have as your Leap Vodka X Factor this week? You know, I, I thought about going Aaron Jones, but he's he's you know he's such a critical piece to this team every week. Um, I'm going to go back to Rasheed Walker. I know we don't always go offensive line for leap vodka X factors, but the reason I'm doing it is if he balls out this week and Micah Parsons stays off Jordan Love's back and Jordan has time to deliver to people like Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks and Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft and on and on and on, right? Then, then we're going to be sitting here going, wow, Jordan Love had a huge game. Huge reason Jordan Love's been so good over this stretch is because he's had a clean pocket. He's had time to make the throws. Rasheed Walker's been uh, just tremendous, as has Zach Tom Wags. But because uh, of Micah Parsons, I think, matching up more on the left side against Rasheed Walker, um, I would go Zach if it was Micah Parsons' side, you know, was over there, but he's going to be on Rasheed more. So I, whoever's covering up on, on Micah Parsons is the guy this week. I think it's Rasheed Walker. I think Rasheed's up to the challenge. So Rasheed Walker is going to be my weak vodka X factor, not only in the pass game, but also the run game. I think this is a huge week for this Packers offensive line to take another step forward. Yeah, um, I think that's an excellent pick. 
and uh, one that I think we'll actually know uh, how to assess after the end of this football game. So, Dane, I'll let you lead it off. Who do you got on the defensive side for your X Factor? It's um so there's a few guys, but I'm going to go a guy I haven't mentioned yet. It's Kenny Clark. Um, th- this is going to be a, a, a important performance up the middle against Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott plays some of his worst football when he's feeling pressure up the middle. Um, if if none of this matters, if Tony Pollard just goes off against this Packers defense, none of this matters. We're talking about uh, this Cowboys passing game is way too dangerous. If the run game gets going in Dallas, I think for this Packers defense to slow them down if the run game's going to, I just don't see it happening. So it starts up front, stopping the run, and then it's going to continue in obvious pass rushing situations and in not obvious pass rushing situations. So I'm going to put it on Kenny Clark. He is the only guy, Wags, um, from that um, from that 2017 Packer playoff victory down there um, that is still on this roster. Kenny Clark is the only guy. He is the bridge from that game to this game. Don't tell me that doesn't mean something to him. Don't tell me that he's not talking about that game. Don't tell me that he's not going to lead this defense this week. So Kenny Clark is a huge, huge leap vodka X factor this week. If he balls out and he can put up, um, you know, and, and this isn't all stats, right? Can he just disrupt around the middle? Can he get some pressures? Can he take on that extra blocker so a Carl Brooks can get there, right? Or an N.A. Bari or Rashawn or whoever can get there. Um, so Kenny Clark. Quite easily for me is the lead vodka X factor. If he has a big game, this defense I think can do some real damage against Dallas. Yeah, I, I love that pick. I think uh, a lot of our X factors, uh, especially in the second half of the season, as the defense has been up and down uh, for good reason, has focused on that front seven. But Dane, I'm going to shift gears and I, I'm going to talk about a, a member of our secondary that I think. You could say it's just a coincidence, but I highlighted it before the Minnesota game. Darnell Savage, what, let's see what his return would do for this defense. And the defense has played just 180 degrees better than they were before he returned to the football field. Um, so maybe that's a little bit coincidental, but I, I think quietly it's not just like Kenny Clark. Darnell Savage is a guy that it's not necessarily in the stats uh, that, that you're looking at um, at the end of the game, but it's what he's doing to quarterback that defense. It's all about communication when it comes to that secondary, and that's going to be critical against a dangerous uh, Cowboys pass offense, uh, with, especially with guys that can can really hurt you, um, you know, at that second and third level, uh, both vertically and, and kind of uh, across the middle and, and, and some of those seam routes. So um, Darnell Savage, I think, is a huge component of what the Packers' defense is able to do situationally and to get some of those stops. And, and frankly, um, I think Darnell Savage is the guy that maybe he's due for a big playoff moment uh, just from the defensive side. Mm-hmm. He's arguably, he's, um, he's, he's kind of gone through some, some challenges, uh, I think, injuries this year, um, you know, getting benched last year, and certainly he's former first-round pick. We know he's talented. Um, and he's had some up and down moments in his career, but when he's been out on a football field, Dane and healthy this year, this defense just looks much different than when he's not on the football field. And so it's, it's not just in terms of what he's doing from a product production standpoint that I think is leading to that. And so for that reason, I, I got to say Darnell Savage. Um, is going to be my X factor. And I'm not sure how you measure that 
other than does the defense not, you know, look like a sev this week? Does the defense actually look capable uh, of being able to get some stops, maybe get some takeaways against this dangerous cowboy offense? And, um, uh, coincidence, coincidence or not, I'm going to uh, weigh heavily that that's an attribute of having Darnell Savage out there on the football field because that does seem to be a key ingredient uh, to the success of this defense that we've seen all the way through this season. Love it. Love it. Great choice, man. And you're right. He's just, he's, he's a calming presence, I feel like, in that defensive backfield, especially over the last half of this season. Um, this is the time right now, Wags. This is it. We're talking playoff football, folks. Drop your comment, you know, your score predictions in the comments. And, and Wags, I'm going to pass it to you first, buddy. Can, first of all, can you believe we're talking playoffs right now? We're talking playoff football predictions, Green Bay Packers. Who you got, Wags? Who you got? How are we going to do this thing? Oh, man. Uh, Dane, I have the Packers somehow, some way, staying in this football game, going down there, uh, getting the edge, and uh, coming away with a 27-24 victory over the Cowboys. Shocking everybody in Dallas. I think Dallas fans are, are really, you know, I, I've listened to a couple Cowboy podcasts this week, and I've got to say, um, they're talking about a lot about who the Packers aren't and not a lot about who they are. And so I don't blame them. I'm sure they haven't really watched any Packer game this year. I, they Heck, they probably didn't think Packers were going to be in the playoffs or one of the teams that they were going to be facing. And uh, so, frankly, uh, it's sort of out of sight, out of mind. But they're just looking at, oh, it's it's not Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, it, it's not. It's not, uh, Mason Crosby. It, you know, it's so it's, it's not the same old, same old. It's not Devontae Adams. It's not, those guys aren't there. And so they're begrudgingly saying, well, Jordan loves look pretty good, but that they, 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 I don't think they really understand what this young Packer team is capable of. Um, and, uh, so I, I think they're going to be pretty surprised on Sunday, no matter what happens. I think the Packers are going to show a really strong performance, but I think a close game. Um, surprisingly, if we can play clean and avoid those turnovers and special teams mistakes, um, you know, and I know you could say that about any playoff game. I completely understand that, but particularly this week, um, and dictate tempo against this Cowboys team. Um, I don't know that they're going to know how to respond to that. Uh, this is a Packer team that has responded to adversity. A criticism we've levied against, uh, this Packers organization in the past is we haven't responded well to adversity. This team this year has responded better to adversity in one season than I think the last five years a Packer teams have combined. And so uh, we know that the Packers can play multiple different ways. They can come back. They can play high tempo. They can play slow tempo. Um, and I think they're capable, more than capable, if they go out there and have a really good performance, keep this a, a close game in the fourth quarter. Uh, I believe. I believe in love, and I believe the Packers. And come away with that win, 27-24. 27-24. Wags, I really hope you're right. I love that prediction, um, the 27-24 Packers dub. Um, I know a lot of folks are nervous, uh, you know, going into this one. I'll tell you what. I don't care if they're young. I don't care if they're inexperienced. This is a team that can ball out. So I, I'm just going to put my name at Wags for the last few weeks when we've done our predictions. Um, you've been going higher and I've been going lower, right? From score predictions. And I, I, I forget where I landed last week, but I was in the low twenties, I think was my prediction. 
Blow them out of the water. Packers are going to drop 37 points on the Dallas Cowboys. It's going to be 37 Whoa. to 31. You're set, and I'll tell you what, Wags, um, I, I'm not a gambler, but I, I see the Cowboys are seven and a half favorite. Flip it. I still take the under, but I still think that the Packers are going to win by about six. Okay. Um, and the Cowboys are going to be trying to stay in this game. It's going to get close. I think Mike McCarthy is going to, um, you know, he owes us some poor clock management before the second half, you know, starts. There's going to be some kind of issue there. And I think that, uh, this Packers offense is going to keep it going. I, I also believe in love and I believe in everybody else around Jordan Love this week. Um, this is a Cowboys team that it hasn't dealt with the adversity, quite frankly, that this Packers team has this year. Um, um, you know, it's, it's nice and cozy in Dallas right now. It's a nice, warm, cozy field. And this is a Packers team that's young. They're spry. They're going to come down there and they're, I love the mismatches. Yes, the Cowboys are ball hawks, but guess what? Jordan Love is going to just let it rip. I think Aaron Jones is due for another big game. You said it. Redemption game last week for Quay. Redemption game this week for Aaron Jones. Let him ball out. So the Packers are going to go down to Dallas. They're going to win the game. I'm putting my name on it. 37-31. Green Bay Packers go on and they're playing somebody else next week. This season is not done. This is not the last podcast before the offseason, Wags. We got another one in us next week. I love it. Wow. So Dane, you're flipping course. I just never know what to expect from your predictions, but I'll have to, I have to say you were definitely I don't way either. more keyed in last week than I was, uh, with your X factor, with your score predictions. So, um, I, 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 I re, I'd be remiss if I give you a hard time for that anymore, but it's just been an interesting evolution on the podcast for how we're, uh, looking at, uh, possible outcomes this year as well. But we both got to win. That's the key thing. So. Um, no matter what happens, if we're able to find a way somehow to go down to Dallas, get a win. And I'll tell you what, um, it just seems like there's always been a little bit of a magical elixir. And so just like the Bears couldn't find a way to reverse that against us this year, I say the Cowboys, why let them reverse that? Let's keep that magical elixir going and uh, go down there and get a win this week. Wags, is it safe to say Packers win this thing on Sunday uh, evening? We're going live after that game, talking all things Packers. I think we've got to do it. Yeah, I think that would be definitely safe to say. So, um, uh, folks, let's just plan on it. Let's see you Sunday night uh, after a big yeah. Packer win. Um, Dane, anything else that you got before we close this one out tonight? No, just how fun is this? Packer playoff football. Wags, as always, I love talking Packers with you. Those listening um, either live or, or tomorrow or Saturday or Sunday morning, thank you so much. This is like one of the highlights of my week is talking Packers, so thank you so much. Yep, absolutely. As always, be legendary and go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll leave it with your good luck. Only thing I will say.